Welcome to Wrestling And. Today we are talking about wrestling and tag teams. Tag team wrestling has had a renaissance in the last decade because of teams like DIY, the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, FTR, the Lucha Brothers, the Usos, and many more that we're going to talk about. But great tag team matches aren't new. In fact, at certain times in wrestling history, tag team wrestling has been a focal part of certain promotions and programs. So how did tag team wrestling start and where do we see it going into the future? Just like most of the stuff we talk about, the history of it and where it's going. Well, I will answer those questions along with the king of the in-ring art empire, Mr. In-ring art, Justin. Justin, how are you doing? Calling it an empire is a very generous thing to say. Uh, far from it. Well, there's so much art that you have, yeah. like it's a big even, number. Even so had a, it's I an even empire of artwork. Kind of slowed it down a little bit lately, and I'm kind of trying to expand to TikTok and do certain things to kind of, uh, you know, just do some st- different angles with it for fun and whatever. But um, hey, tag teams, great topic. And also, like, let's not forget, you know, tag teams. Um, a lot of, you know, wrestlers that became individual superstars and legends all star, you know some of them started as tag team wrestlers right there's so that whole we'll spectrum that. yeah there's that whole spectrum yeah from people who started as a tag team or even you know like the mega powers or were they superpowers or the mega powers of two huge stars becoming Form a tag, tag team, team join forces yeah. against you know evil but uh, and not the wrestler <laughs> not um the, yeah. so before we go into all that tag team stuff, have you been watching the G1? Because I've missed the last few nights. I have. I, I left off on. I'm in the middle of the Jay White Great Ocon match from the sixth, I believe. And okay, so you the, haven't seen the uh, the. Uh, I haven't uh, seen the rest the of the Shingo matches. Match? No, not yet. And I missed. I sometimes I just fall behind, and I. I I missed the David Finley Osprey match from the other night. Dude, we both need to catch up at least but, on those ones but, because I've missed no, them no. as well. I watched every match leading up to it. I watched everything from the fifth. So I think the only match okay. that I've missed is that Osprey and then whatever I haven't watched from the sixth. And, Did and you then, see Zach, Zach versus Tanahashi? Yes. Was that a good one? Yeah, it was really good. I, I've, I've enjoyed... I know I, I I've enjoyed it overall. I know some people aren't as high on it, but I've thought it's been a pretty good tournament. There's been some lame stuff. There's been a few disappointments uh, in my mind. Um, <clears throat> and I there's thought been, it's been fun though, from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah there well, are I mean, those I, matches. There's something I've just been a little disappointed with Juice Robinson in general mm. in the tournament, especially with all the stuff that how all the talk and all the great promos leading up to it. Uh, <clears throat> How do you, up to uh, uh, what do you think about Tom Lawler so far? I absolutely, he's great. He's been, vi- I was going to text you too. His commentary has been fantastic. His co- is co- was he doing commentary on yes. the shows? Yes, uh, Kevin's been oh. using him and Lance Archer on random shows that are outside of the Tokyo area where Chris Charlton can't do it. And Tom, yeah, okay. Tom Lawler has been very, very good. Uh, did you see Archer's his been okay. promo where he cried? Yes. And did you see the Yano match? It was great. 
I didn't see the Yano. Wait, he, he tried. No, to, I didn't. I I heard he tried to wrestle him legit, legit legitimately. He, well, and then he, at the beginning, doing his tactics. At the beginning, he offered. Uh, he wanted Yano's DVD, so he offered him a copy of Sister Act One and Sister, Sister Act, Act Two Sister on Act DVD. Two. On DVD, Which I guess was popular in Japan too. Was it? I have to ask my wife. Weirdly that, but. enough, but that is a l- fucking hilarious. That's and, and then lie. he was wearing a wig, which I didn't even notice. <laughs> and Yano was wearing two pairs of tights. Yano's stuff has been a little bit better than usual. The last couple of matches, the Lance Archer one, which I just saw, was pretty good too. Um, well, he's got a formula, but sometimes when he he kind of. Uh, defies your expectations and breaks the formula a little bit. It, 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 that's where I like yeah. Yano. When there, I mean, his shtick works if he does little things that are different. Like the Omega match is really good when they were jumping tied together. That was good. Um, the Moxley hair, match. Hair shots. The, the, yeah, and the, the Moxley match when he tied him uh, to Shoto Umino on the outside was great. And mm. Lance Archer, had, if you haven't seen yet, had some similar spots, but they did actually make some things unique about it and the stuff with tom lawler was really good and tom lawler had a wig on uh that you know so he pulled his hair and it was in it yeah um it popped right off yeah and jonah's uh, you're talking about just overall jonah's been great in the tournament too he's he looks great in that bad dude tito's look great in the undercard even though i haven't watched too much of uh, it jonah did, did did jonah beat um oh what's his name dude why can't i remember jeff cobb, jeff cobb. Jeff cobb. oh yeah. man there, well, that was a great match, and the most impressive thing was uh, the suplex. If I, I had to like look at it again, the two-hour, thirty-five-minute mark. I know we're going on. We're going to talk about tag teams in a minute. I promise. Um, he did this. No, it's suplex. cool. We're, we're going to spend some time talking about other stuff first, and then we'll I, get to it. He did this overhead release suplex-ish kind of fallaway slam. Jeff Cobb lifted Jonah up and did like a like a suplex you know kind of uh wow. you know overhead slam on jonah it was incredible and that match was awesome um well i mean he did did give Fale the tour of the islands i mean it, it, this dude can pretty much do anything with everyone you know they always say you should always have a uh, special move a finisher that you can do to everyone right yeah. and it's like you well, know jeff cobb does <laughs> he does even <laughs> though like most people wouldn't be able to do his finish to everyone, but uh, if you, it's like one of those things. If you can make it in New York, or you can make it anywhere. If you can do it to Fale, you can probably do it to anybody. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that replay. I'm gonna have to uh, jump in there and and uh, check that out. Um, while we're in Japan, did you hear anything at all about the uh, Dragon Gate tag team match? No, not no. It's not usually oh, yeah, in my. Ha- uh, peripherals so no yeah they had a really great match uh jason lee and jackie funky kame i know you don't know these guys diamante but you've heard maybe shun skywalker yeah i've heard him in the past i've heard uh uh, shun skywalker and um it it was the match of the week for uh the wrestling observer and uh you know a lot of people talk about it as really great i thought it was pretty damn good it's tough though you know when everyone tells you this match is five stars this match is five stars you're like oh fuck you're, you're automatically like, a little jaded this. on it yeah well and and i wasn't even jaded i was ready for it like oh hell yeah i'm so ready but after i saw it i was like okay well this was a very very good match um 
but it didn't like take it to that next level for me. But I think part of the story has to do with this uh, kid, <laughs> Jackie Funky Kame. Dude's like five three, uh, tiny guy. Uh, may maybe a little taller than that. Um, he's tiny though. But I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have to send you some clips. This guy can really go. Uh, yeah, for some reason. You know, a lot of Dragon Gate stuff doesn't make it into my feed on places. I think I need to start following some stuff attached to Dragon Gate. I see Noah stuff here and there for whatever stuff I follow, but I don't get a lot of Dragon Gate presented to me. I want to say Dragon Gate, in my opinion, is generally better than Noah, but that's because, like, there's more ridiculous, you know, ridiculous, like, even in to, to where that kind of influenced PWG-style stuff. They're multi-man tags, which we'll get to. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're just absolutely ridiculous, but that tag team match was great, and this guy, Jackie Funky Kame, young guy, um, it's almost like a Rey Mysterio type of presence, where incredible acrobatics and movement and strikes, and their gimmick, too, is that they're both, uh, Chinese martial artists, kind of like Watto, but, like, way, way, way better than Master <laughs> Watto, like, you know, the strikes look crisp, and the, uh, you have your like crazy air aerial sequences where dudes are throwing each other around. So I'll send you some clips of that match uh, later on, and maybe uh, you know get your opinion. I on mean, that. I I could see a Watto clone and him as a tag team that works much better than just him by himself as presentation wise. You know, they look well, like and it, yeah, it's a it is interesting because uh, both of, up. yeah, both of these guys um, just for Kobe World Hall, which is like their kind of their wrestle kingdom both of these guys have this chinese tag team all of a sudden it's way more than that's the reason we'll probably never do wrestling in dragon gate because it would take like eight episodes but uh i i yeah so qu quick uh question before we move on to the tag team thing in our rapid fire format here have you been able to watch any wwe post vince mcmahon or have you heard anything I watched SummerSlam. Um, what did you think of that? Did we, we didn't talk about that, right? That was like... No, I, we might have texted. I don't know if we even texted. It was, it, was, it was entertaining. I was sports entertained by it, I guess. I was sports entertained, yeah. Um, um, SummerSlam, I, I felt like, was not too different from what we'd been seeing before. No, um, I, you know, I will say the tag team work that the Usos and Street Profits are doing is, is fantastic. Um, you know, I guess Luke Paul's pre a pretty good wrestler, but he's such a garbage person. I have a hard time, you know, getting attached to anything he does. Um, Pat McAfee, you know, I, Pat I, McAfee well, it, is okay. You said Jake Paul, by the way, you meant Jake Logan Paul, Paul, Logan Paul, whatever. I, I, I want to kind of clarify that because I feel I've been doing a, a good amount of research on the guy, and I don't know if he deserves all the hate he's gotten. Now, he did shitty stuff. The Japanese thing like, is really bad, though. You know, he has came out and said that that was, like, one of the most embarrassing things he's ever done. And uh -huh. that, like, he was young and really, really dumb. And that was years ago, and uh, you're right. It was terrible. It was real, real bad, actually. Like, he'll, I don't but, think he'll uh, ever be able to do anything in Japan. That's... You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, believe know, me, WWE is not going to take him to the Budokan. You know, yeah, I was going to say like you know, if my wife being Japanese, I'd like 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 that's unforgivable stuff. Um, but wow. yeah, I mean, I guess he he's young. He's a he, I mean, he's a great athlete and all that stuff. 
and it does behoove WWE to use guys like that as talent because they need that mainstream kind of, you know, draw-in. Um, and, you know, Pat McAfee, I don't really... I mean, he comes out there, you know, dressed like he's going well, to some, like, beach party great. or whatever. Yeah, uh, what's you know? up with that? I was thinking the same thing, bro. Like, what's up with the all black and, like, the sh- weird shorts and, like... I just feel like I'm watching David Portnoy wrestle or something, and it's like... I, <laughs> or, like, somebody from Barstool Sports. That, That's what... I mean, but then I see the appeal David and the reason Portnoy. why WWE has him as part of it, and he's he's a good commentator, and he's got a lot of enthusiasm, and I, I, I appreciate that and everything, but there's just some... There's like there's like a like a like a like a douchiness that I get from the douche chills if you ever watch well, now the rest we of the know, we now we've known on this show that you have a history with McAfee. You're like that eh, is not really my cup of tea kind of thing. I mean, it's one of those things. Like uh, I understand his appeal, but it's just not. And like I don't necessarily dislike him or hate him. I just, it's just not for me, that's all. And ter- like, no, his commentary has been improving and growing on me. But his in-ring involvement and the jumping on top of the desk kind of stuff is, eh, I'm not really. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you for but, jumping, yeah, jumping on but top of the desk. I will that's... say overall the post Vince McMahon stuff, um, SummerSlam, I didn't need the tractor and that was stupid. I'm sorry. I liked it. I, I don't I like know, when man. they lifted the ring. That was fun. That was so WWE. Roman took bro. a great bump, and that was it was that was entertaining at the end, and it did sports entertain me. That's the whole thing. Um, WWE has a history with large vehicles entering. the You ring know what area. though? There, that we weren't necessarily during matches per se. Like I had Stone Cold driving in with the pickup truck, and the beer thing, and and, and you know the the milk truck with the Kurt milk Angle. truck. Good stuff. I'm sure there was a Zamboni at one point. Zamboni, yeah, there was. Just the yeah. Zamboni and then Austin just <laughs> jumped Lufez pressing Vince. So, but no, no. Listen, I thought it was right for the course. It was. It was. It was. A, it was a pretty good, entertaining show. And obviously, you and I are still like. I still prefer the New Japan style presentation over every anything else and of course it's it's well, just, I think it's, that'll be always it's like, apples and know. oranges I think they're just completely different products they're different they're different and, and and I will say I was going to say uh, Michael Cole's commentary has been so much better without Vince you know in his ear the entire and I'm if, if there's anyone in that company I'm happy for it's Michael Cole did you hear that they uh, the words wrestler and wrestling are now allowed to be spoken? <laughs> Good, that's great news. Good. It, it, it's almost like one of those things that's like when someone brags about being a good parent. It's like, well, you're just supposed to be a good parent. Like, you don't need to brag. Now it's like we get to say wrestling. It's like, yeah. well, you kind of like yeah, that's what you've been doing this whole fucking time. Well, here's the thing: is that it's going to be better. It's uh, you know, give it a year so they can kind of rinse out any of that kind of stubbornness and staleness and it'll get better i think well it still has to uh be popular to the masses right so yeah that's where you're gonna have to be popular to a hardcore fan base like us that's where you're still gonna have your logan pauls and your pat mcafee's involved and your occasional you know uh bad bunny match but at least that those guys seem to have a they're not just forcing these people in they're selecting people that actually have somewhat of an understanding or ability that can contribute 
Um, they're not going to just, you know, I don't know, uh, grab, uh, you know, Chris Pratt and throw him in a multi-man tag or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Although they would, if he wanted to, he would be able, he would do it. But if he I mean, wanted to, you're by not, way, you're like not going to see. Paul, I like Logan Paul better than Dave Port- Portnoy, by the way, but that's a whole oh, different he, story. Yeah. Um, or Andrew you know, Tate you know, or any of those TikTok Oh, God, Andrew Tate. That's not even someone we've ever talked about on this show, but, uh, you know, <laughs> probably doesn't belong on this show. God, I've heard so much about that guy over the past, like, three, four months. Like, and I, absolutely I, I put, ridiculous. I put TikTok, 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 whatever, uh, back on my phone so I can start doing stuff on it, and it's just all the... Oh, the garbage on there bro and it is what you make of it it's it's if you get garbage then you just don't like those videos and you keep going through and you like the ones that are funny and eventually the algorithm will start i i, I need to mute some stuff on there i guess i i have my <sighs> friend's tiktok one of my best friend's tiktoks i'm not even gonna say it on air but uh he's cultivated into something real fucked up but uh i'm i well that's Definitely not for this show. Tag teams. So, um, Let's just do tag teams already. We already gone down the yeah, WWE I, I getting to better. Say, I w- no, no. I wanted yes. to say one more thing about yeah, WWE, and that's uh, they did uh, give Chomp a little push. I didn't understand so. the fact that he's out with the Miz. I totally missed that storyline. Yeah. Why? Well, it doesn't seem to be anymore. Okay. See, so I don't know. I'm like, why is he out there with the Miz? But I and I, then I, supposedly I Sasha and. Uh, Naomi are coming Trinity back. Coming back. Yep, okay, Naomi okay. coming back. So good on them. Um, some interesting stuff developing. But we already knew this and we already talked about this. This wasn't going to be an overnight thing. It'll be something that takes months and months and months to transition. And um, very interesting, though. WWE is, like, really hot right now. Have you have you seen that? Like, their ratings are very good. And on Twitter, for, in, on my Twitter, a lot of people are talking about WWE. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely getting some buzz. I think... You know, people are interested in, you know, a, um, a V K M. Yeah. You know, after Vince Kennedy McMahon. So I think they're interested to see where the company goes. P V and A V. Yeah, I think people are interested to see you know what happens with Triple H in charge because I think you and I, in our story with WWE, we where we got back in, we fell in love with NXT and. You know, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that was going on in the main roster. And we have faded away the last three or four or five years. Um, well, you quickly learn that every time you have hope, your hope gets betrayed. Yeah, they suck you back and, in. and But, you know, that, you know, it was just once I stopped watching, it was really easy to not watch again because it's a big true. commitment to to commit to commit to five hours of television and i know they even offer even more than that um but i was oh, I'll watching never the, watch those shows again live that's i was sure. watching the hulu cuts of all of them the next day um pretty religiously up until I, yeah, it was a mixture it was when when brock lesnar won money in the bank what was that like 2018 or something like that 2017 oh god yeah, 2018, 2019. So, like, when that happened, I remember, like, it's just, like, my life was getting a little busier and stressful for that reason, and I stopped watching around that time because I just felt like, you know, it was a Money in the Bank where there's a lot of interesting competitors. I was like, oh, this could really help Kevin Owens. It'd be great for Sami Zayn or whatever. I was going through the whole 
oh, this is going to be a really exciting match. And then they just throw Brock, Brock out there and let him win it out of nowhere, just like they did this year. Unannounced. An unannounced just, competitor at the end. And, and, and then I was like, man, like, yeah. why do I, like, they're just going to do whatever they want anyway. Um, and I've never been, like, really a Brock guy. It's just, I, 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 I've explained You don't stand Brock? I mean, I've like I don't. I mean, he's an amazing athlete, intimidating, and a monster. But like, I just don't like those guys that show up whenever they want and just, no matter what happens, they'll just win because they're them. You know, I, I just I don't know. No, but, man, I I agree with you. Once I heard about NXT and New Japan, it was like it became really hard to keep going back to WWE, except for the big shows, and uh, you know. The, it's uh, over time. I think it got even worse. Um, so there was just some ridiculous booking decisions and scripted promos that just sound terrible and awkward. You know things that happen, and this still happens. I mean, you look at Liv Morgan like getting booed, and just an awkward situation. Look, um, I that, like that, I said, it's going to take a little time to clean up some of that stuff, um, but it'll get mm-hmm. better. I think it'll get better this time. It has to. I think so, and and we hope so. We definitely hope so because we just want to see awesome wrestling. Yeah. Right. And and they they need to make sure they get the Rock next year at WrestleMania. Otherwise, they're going to be screwed. They're not going to well, they're not going to sell out. Well, they they're going to have a hard time with the filling L.A. Surely, if the Rock wrestles, it will um, be a little more entertaining than Ric Flair wrestling, which I actually refused. To watch that main event, did you watch it at all? Uh, it, there was actually a really good undercard that I watched. I, you know, I no, threw it on. That, not the undercard though. I'm talking about the main event. Of that. I watched some of it, and I'm gonna share the. From set what of it. I heard, I just, I just heard like, it's hard to watch. It was way too long, know. and I knew right away. Like I wasn't. I don't know why, but like Ric Flair came out there wearing a a shirt. Mm-hmm. And. And listen, he's 73 years old. The guy has yeah. constantly cheated death and continues to do it every day. And for a 73-year-old man, the things he was doing, highly have a lot of respect for. But I just... I heard he passed out mid-match, bro. Probably. I mean, he had the bleed. And to me, it's like... It's just... It, I just... It didn't need to happen. I, I, you know what I mean. Like, um, <laughs> at least he was in the hands of somebody like Jay Lethal, who has been, you know, training him. So if well, anyone and, knew and the situation, yeah, and his son-in-law. So I mean, he had some, you know, good people around him to take care of him. But it just to me was just unnecessary. And uh, I heard he was shaking, like they couldn't give him the brass knuckles. Now I say I heard this stuff. Like honestly, I don't want to watch it. Like, I didn't. I, don't I was see someone I was, at the end of their rope. I was doing some like I was in and out of the room at the time, so I didn't see the whole thing. But like, mm. yeah, you had Bret Hart, Mick Foley, and the Undertaker sitting next now, to each other cool. in the front row, and that I could just cool. feel like the Undertaker and Bret Hart is like, Rick, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Are you serious? Right I now? know. Seriously, look at the Undertaker. Like, and once Mick, he started going downhill, he's like, he did a few more matches, and he's like, yeah, fuck this. And somebody like Mick Foley, who's like, you know, one small trip over a sidewalk from being in a wheelchair with the, what he's been through in his career, and a guy who's, 
I don't, is he even 60 yet? He's, you know, he's not that old. Somewhere around there. Yeah, and to see a guy like, you have a lot of respect, because, I mean, Ric Flair is probably one of those dudes, he'll go to the gym and he'll, he's, oh, he probably has fantastic cardio still and all that stuff. It's just probably all the alcohol that he continues to put in his body and just the bad stuff that, you know, keeps him from doing somewhat, <laughs> I guess, regular things. I have a lot of respect, you know, Ric Flair's, you know, might be the greatest in-ring performer. He's definitely in the top five. Um, well, look, the guy has probably a minor form of, well, I, something I just learned about it, histrionic personality disorder. I'm not diagnosing him, and I could be totally wrong, but uh, uh, they have, uh, they often behave dramatically or inappropriately to get attention, you know. Well, um, I think I, he could also have some self-esteem issues, too. Like, Sure. Where he constantly has to feel like he's that guy from 1983. Yeah, wanting to relive that, and that's a that's a difficult thing. So like, and like he could have needed money, right? I I mean, I could see Conrad saying, you know, hey, you know, let's get your last match then, uh, I pops. Know. And, and, and of course, he's part. He's his family member. And hey, he's man, like a pretty big hustler in the industry. I will if if you need money, Conrad will find a way to make you some money. Go to save with no. I'm just no. I'm well. I'm not trying to do a commercial, but like, I know I mostly have a positive uh, take on Conrad. I like Conrad. I like Conrad. He's good on his shows. I think a lot of the reason why he's a hustler. He's a salesperson. Yes, he is, and shameless about it too. Which is, but you know, honestly, you and I might not be talking to each other like this if it wasn't for Conrad Thompson and what he's done. I mean, it's true. Let's be honest. I mean, no, I think that's more the the uh, the Super J cast. Super J. Well, super. Well, I mean, no. Just in terms of just like two dudes on a doing a podcast on wrestling. I mean, Conrad Thompson is a big influence okay. on that. Influ- Colt Cabana. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the reason. Obviously, the Super J cast is the reason why we started conversing in general. Um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's resurrect. I mean, you talk about, like, Quentin Tarantino with John Travolta. <laughs> you know, he, Vince McMahon, I mean, uh, Conrad Thompson is, has done that for Bruce Prichard. Uh, I guess, in a respect, he's done it for Tony Schiavone, right? Yeah. No, I mean, he's done a lot. I mean, he made, he literally made Bruce Prichard back into probably a millionaire. So, well, and Bruce Prichard right now is probably the number two to three person or four or five. He's in the top five in WWE right now. You you, got to admit, uh, he kind of came out of nowhere and had influence. And this was a guy that that they thought. He was already wealthy. Yeah. This was a guy, Bruce Prichard, who was pretty much not blackballed necessarily, but like there was one of those guys that was never, it was, he was in Vince Russo territory. Someone that was never going back. Yeah. And, um, and now he's like, you, like you said, he's up there. He's actually doing talent relations and stuff. I believe he's, that's all triple H. It's yeah. He's probably gotta be the top unless, you know, he gets labeled in with Vince and, you know, they talked about Kevin Dunn uh, on the outs too. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, by the yeah. way, um, did you did you ever see uh, that Doctor Tom Pritchard? That's his brother, right? Yeah. Part of a tag team at some point. He was in a tag team. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I remember seeing him as a in a tag team. Um, Body Donna's was he? Skip and flip, right? Some, wasn't he? Wasn't he with something? Uh, 
Chris Candido. Um, the body oh, yeah, now. there we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's my terrible attempt at a segue. Um, yeah. So, guys, we are going to talk today about tag team wrestling. We're finally here. I need to put timestamps on this one. I yeah. forgot if people like it when we do uh, the main stuff first and then the other stuff, or vice versa, but... Uh, this is tag team. We're about twenty eight um, seventeen in. I don't. I've never heard either way. Yeah, that's true. I just I have going off of ratings, I guess, and views. But um, yeah, we'll have to figure that out. Um, you know, I want to say that there was a Data East game called Tag Team Pro Wrestling for the NES, and Pro that'd be funny if we just NES, did yeah. a whole episode. Uh, just Tag Team Pro Wrestling. Do you remember that one? Not pro wrestling. Tag team pro wrestling. Is that the one that... No, that wasn't the one that had the Legion of Doom on the cover. That was like a WCW game. But Well, uh, I just think it would be funny if we did the whole episode about that. But no, we're not. We are actually talking about we, tag team We will do wrestling. wrestling and video games at some point. That will be a thing. That's actually coming up probably in the next few months here. But... uh Justin, we don't need to explain to the fans what tag team wrestling is. However, cage match. What what are the people on cage match called? The fucking cell people. What are they called? The inmates, right? I don't know. Cage I... match has a great description. All right, this yeah. is tag team wrestling. Okay, when two wrestlers join forces, it may result in a marriage, a child, and sometimes something quite embarrassing. In most cases, however, the new combination is more harmless because joined forces in wrestling are often no more or less than so-called tag teams. The wrestlers will fight rivals together, win titles together, switch places in the car on the way to the next show, and more. Would you say good description? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean everyone not all knows tag, tag teams team can have children. Yeah. We do. No, well, you can have mixed. That's true. But, uh, again, which is, makes me sad. I just realized I didn't do any notes on mixed tag teams. But this subject yeah. goes so there's, deep, right? And there's very few mixed tag teams. And if you did, you'd have to bring up... Yeah, we, we know, we know. Yeah, okay, so, so we're not going to do that shit. <laughs> uh, let's, let's not. But, we're but going to stay off that, that jungle cruise. I thought this, honestly, Justin, when I started doing notes, I thought this subject would be a little more simple, but then I started realizing how really, how in-depth tag team wrestling and the history of wrestling is, and um, there's two things I want to say before we get into the, the meat of this episode. One is that this is going to be pretty American-centric, and we've mentioned this before on episodes, but... We are products of our environment. I tried squeezing a bunch of Japanese stuff in here, but as far as Mexican and European stuff, it was pretty hard to come by. Um, and we know that Mexico probably has a great history of tag team and trios. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I will say, if you are listening to this and you want to tell us, you know, hit us up. We would love to hear oh, what you yeah. have to say. Definitely. So, um... This is going to be more American-centric with some Japanese stuff. The second thing is I want to thank um, a guy named Jamie Greer, who wrote this incredible piece for LWOS. 
And he wrote like the rise and fall and rise again of tag team wrestling, a great piece for a company, uh, a website I've never heard of, LWOS. And he had a lot more info than like the Wikipedias and all mm. that other stuff. So thank you, awesome. Jamie Greer, who I based my notes off of. So um, let's let's get into this. So tag team wrestling is pretty much as old as wrestling, okay? Uh, as far as, like, professional wrestling, but even getting before that into worked wrestling. The idea of a tag team is kind of has to be worked in a way because uh, there has to be some kind of cooperation. I mean, right? Like, if it was a real... This, they don't have tag team MMA in America, right? That's like a weird Russian thing. Never heard of it. Didn't even know the Russians had it. But, um, I mean, yeah. you have guy to... gets fucked up. Yeah, go ahead. You have to have some type of charismatic chemistry with your partner. Um, you don't necessarily have to work together in the ring per se, and like maybe some double team moves. You still have to be able to work with the other wrestlers. So sometimes it's it, it there's got to be some type of aesthetic look that you share or that contrast, um, but there has to be some kind of chemistry between you that make you a believable team, right? It, you've got to be a believable team, the teamwork idea. And in shoot wrestling, um, back in the early 1900s, which I've been studying quite a bit of, you know, the matches went on for hours, and I could kind of see there being a tag mechanic there. The same time, though, you would just do that thing where you cut off the, you know, they, that, it's just what they do in modern pro wrestling, but it's more obviously fixed. Or I hate that word, like scripted, uh, and that's that you cut cut the ring in half, right? You've heard that term, right, yeah, Justin? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I feel like in shoot wrestling, it would be a lot easier to cut the ring in half and just hold a guy for hours, and he would never get to tag in. So my assumption is that tag team wrestling and wrestling being worked is kind of hand in hand because tag team wrestling it, it almost has to have a bit of a work to work, right? Uh, yeah, and I think that uh, I don't even know how a like a, a, a tag team fight would even you know exist under. Which is why they don't do yeah. it in MMA. Like I said, they've done it in like Russia. I think in Russia they've had like three on three fights, but the issue is when one guy gets fucked up, it becomes three on two, right? So really, it's just like a fight of like beating up one guy. And then, so, uh, but we're talking about pro wrestling, not shoot wrestling, but obviously it kind of started that way. So, um, it is old though. The first, uh, tag team match on record, uh, was in 1901 in San Francisco and it kind of added some diversity, you know, and some more entertainment to the card. The idea was fun and, uh. So not not surprising that it's really old. Um, it actually became like a regional thing, you know what I'm saying? So like certain regions had the tag team stuff going on. Certain regions had no tag team stuff going on. And eventually, uh, it actually became national um, in the 30s. Uh, but all the way until the 50s, I don't know if you knew this, but there was no tag team championship until the 50s. A long Did time you know to that? go without. Yeah, it's a long time to go without, kind of a, a way to determine who's the best, right? Yeah. So I'm guessing, like you, like it said, it was more regional, right? It's it was just a sideshow kind of a thing, right? Certain ter. I guess it would be kind of like 
little people, or I guess to a degree what women's wrestling was for a while. Yeah, yeah, it happens in certain places, and uh, but obviously in America there's no minis champion. Um, I don't no. think WWE's ever done that, right? No, I th- yeah, okay. it's always been like a sideshow, and you know, Where even in Mexico there are though. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, that I believe, but I think even to this day, tag teams still aren't always seen as like a main event. Except for, you know, we had FTR and the Briscoes recently at the ROH. We'll we'll get into that, too. We'll get into the changes that have happened. Um, Because the last ten years, there's been... The last five years, there's been a huge shift in tag team. Maybe maybe the last ten years. But, um, so, the first tag team champions uh, that we know of, I mean, and maybe there were some before this, but I have here world tag champions in 1950s, San Francisco, NWA... Ray Eckert and hard-boiled Haggerty over Ronnie Etchison and Larry Moquin. So what do you know about these four guys, Justin? Because I know nothing. Never even heard them. No, I no, never heard of them. Never heard of them, which is sad. But um, I'm yeah, sure I they was had thinking their own lives. And... San Francisco, you were going to mention Pat Patterson, but I even think the 50s was a bit of a stretch for... Before him. <laughs> yeah, him and Ray Stevens, you know. Yeah, I think that's getting into the 60s and 70s, I believe. Um, so, even though they had that championship, it was never considered, and this is what you were talking about, right? It was never considered remotely on the same level as a singles match yeah, um, yeah. on the show. Yeah, so the largest governing body for, uh, and you know this, what was the largest wrestling governing body in the 1900s? The National Wrestling Alliance. Exactly. They didn't actually have a, an NWA World Tag Team Champion until 1982. That's pretty so, surprising, because I know the NWA... Wow. What tag yeah. team... I got to really... Wow, that's, what tag that's team, very interesting. Yeah, so I think... Um, and again, this is... This is Jamie Greer, who wrote all this stuff up. Amazing piece that he did. Go check Damn, it out, Jamie. guys, on... L W O S. Oh, not um, not so not L W O. Latino World Order. A Latino World Order S. Yeah, that is what it is. He was writing for the Latino World Order. Um, he says that a retconned history of the NWA by the Crockett-owned NWA of the '80s links linked the World Tag Team lineage to 1975. So there were like other belts then, and then they weren't back and like, oh, actually the belt started, you know. But you know what I'm saying. Like, even yeah. though they really started in 82. Wow, sounds like around the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express era, huh? I think that was a little more mid to late 80s here. Um, the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, which a lot of people I've heard love, um, yeah. they that was 75, and that was the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into names we know. So this was Gene and Ole Anderson. Sure. Um, the, the, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. So there you go. Now, in 92, the, uh, the Mid-Atlantic Championship and the NWA Championship were unified with, with uh, uh, excuse me, in 92, the NWA titles were unified with the WCW uh, Championship, and this was Terry Gordy, right? Bam, we know Bam. Terry Gordy. Sweet. Bam Bam Gordy, not Bigelow. So when Bam Bam Gordy and Dr. Death, Steve Williams... Uh, who we're going to talk about a lot, has amazing tag team 
history. Uh, they defeated Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes. We're in the mid '80s or late '80s with this stuff already. Like, there's a bunch of stuff you skipped, right? I mean, I'm not saying, just saying, like tag teams were kind of a stepchild for a very long time, leading up to the the '80s, right? Yeah, it seems like it. it. The NWA seems like they didn't take it super seriously until the '80s, and then they didn't even like combine it with the WCW t- uh, things until the you know. 90 early 90s but let's we'll jump back here so Mm -hmm. um when we think about tag team wrestling and you think about modern wwe you kind of know that vince mcmahon is not really a tag team guy no and he had a simple reason for it too it was i have to pay two guys for one match what was that his thing i think that was part of it is when you have tag teams you have double the salary, well, not necessarily double the salary, but you have double the, everything costs more to run, a tag team match has four, four salaries, and they're not... It was pure economic efficiency. I th- yes, I think that was part of it. Um, there's two hotel rooms, there's this, and you know what I mean? So, I think the economics of tag team wrestling, we're just, not, if for something that's not going to be your main event... Mm. And not have the star power, like that's why um, tag team wrestling had always taken a back seat to to Vince McMahon, and at least from what I heard. And and kind of following off that, Justin, I had heard that Vince McMahon, like either made the claim or believed that tag team, the purpose of tag team wrestling was to make single stars. And that is a very common theme in WWE in the mid '80s to early '90s, right? Totally, totally. The Rockers, uh, you know, the Hart Foundation, uh, Bret Hart. So, um, but when you think about um, modern Vince McMahon, go. By the way, listen to our last episode. We uh, did a whole thing on him. Um, his yes. dad was actually ahead of the NWA when it came to recognizing tag team wrestling, mm. um, because he crowned the first WWF world tag team champions in 1971 wow so yeah so he he he, a big difference between father and son and even uh that new york territory kind of ahead of the nwa at the time and that was crazy luke graham and tarzan tyler uh not to be confused with jungle boy jack so not to be confused um, yeah yeah uh, Tarzan Tyler is not currently feuding with Christian. So, while while Vince McMahon, our Vince McMahon, we know, had his share of great tag teams, such as Mr. Fuji and Professor Tanaka. Mr. Fuji was a good wrestler before he became um, a manager. Did you know that? Yeah, absolutely. And what was he actually American? Was that that's the funny He's thing from like, Hawaii? I think. Yeah, like it's funny because. A lot of these Japanese guys from the 70s and 80s, like, you're like, oh, they're from Hawaii. And Yokozuna was from freaking, was Samoan, so. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't even Japanese at all, dude. No. I mean, he he got, they they got a lot of heat from that, actually, from the Japanese American Foundation. His his name was Rodney, so. (laughs) Yeah, Rodney. I remember my uncle telling me when he worked at Paramount in the print shop, that, you know, it was the early 90s, and they were talking about Yokozuna, and one of the guys in the shop or the office there was like, it's my cousin Rodney. (laughs) 
So That's there you funny, go. That's funny, dude. You, you ever actually try turkey uh, dipped in mayonnaise? Hell no. That's disgusting. That does sound terrible, doesn't it? I'm not really a mayonnaise guy. Yeah, me neither. Like, maybe uh, on a certain sandwich I'll like it. It's but just like, a little bit on a sandwich just to, like, you know. Little bit on a sandwich. To like moisten good, it like up a, a little bit. Like, I'm club talking. sandwich? Like, a half a tablespoon, and and that's it. Very, very yeah, little. I agree. Like, on an Italian sub or something, just to keep it a little lubricated, you know, to get down the no, gullet. No, I, I, I agree. I, I also like, what what is the fancy word for mayonnaise? It's like uh, aioli or aioli. Those are okay, too. Well, an aioli usually has, like, an element like a chipotle or, a, like, a, you know, something... Yeah. Kind of, if only Rodney knew about aioli, he could have been dipping his turkey legs he in chipotle aioli. Oh. No. <laughs> well, anyway, um, so we, gross. we had Mr. Fuji and Professor Tanaka, right? We had the Professor Blackjacks. Professor Toro Tanaka, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Blackjacks, right? Um, and the Wild Samoans, speaking yeah. of. So, uh, was that Sika and Afa? A lot of names? a lot of ethnically themed tag teams we're noticing. <laughs> that's and that's not even really necessarily changed in WWE, um, sadly. But I want to make sure these guys are named Sika and Alpha, and I'm not being a total failure. Um, the Samoan Warriors. I don't think so. I think those were the the head shrinkers at one point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyways. It could have been though. The, and, and the, the Wild Samoans. So. He, he, Vince, the, Vince Jr., um, uh, our retired Vince McMahon now, he, he was different, though. Like we like you said, and like I mentioned, he had a different philosophy. And back then, it was an avenue to make less, less personable athletes kind of earn him money. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it goes into that economic efficiency thing you're saying. Like, older guys, he can pay them less. You know, and he can pay two of them as much as he pays one of his big stars. And they can stay wrestling and be on TV. Yeah, and I think they kind of, if the right word is like, kind of diversify the card to have another element to it, you know? Um, you have True. a tag team, you have a women's match. Yeah, mix in some of that. Mix in some of that stuff. So, as we know, and we talked about before, he purchased. Uh, he purchased the company from his dad, Capital Wrestling, WWF, and after that, in the early '80s, um, and in the '80s, you had some real good actual tag teams in in WWF. So we started. Then we had some tag teams that are starting to get more into like the serious tag team stuff. Now, of course, it sounds like back in the day there were very serious tag team stuff before that. So. No disrespect to any of those guys, but we don't really have the opportunity to watch those matches right now. And we weren't raised on it either, so it's something we're still learning. But in the 80s, we had the British Bulldogs, right? Yep. Yep, you did. Volkoff and the Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. Heart Foundation, Demolition. And help me out with this group, the Killer Bees, Justin. Yeah, uh, B. Brian Blair and... Uh, oh, B. Brian Blair. Yeah, I'm trying to... Th- the other one slips slipping my mind right now. But B. B yeah, they were Brian big Brian Blair, I, ha- I had heard of him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so, let's figure out who those people are real quick. It was... Uh, it, okay, so it was Jim Brunzel. There you go. Jim right. Brunzel and uh, B. Brian Blair. 
Jim Brunzel. That, that's not Macho Man's brother, is it? No, that would be Lanny Poffo. Poffo, Lanny Poffo, yeah. So jumping Jim Brunzel, B. Brian Blair, the Killer Bees. Uh, terrible outfit, though. We sh- It's like WWF starting to get into ridiculous gimmicks here. But um, when I mentioned that they were wanting, or Vince was wanting to pull singles from this, uh, you know, we had people like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in the early 90s start popping out of the tag team division, right? The Rockers. It was yes. actually a really good team, too. The Rockers? Oh, yeah. Oh, the Rockers were great. And uh, they had some great stuff with, you know, Arn and Tully when they were there for a minute. And, uh, um, yeah, and that was, that, was a, that was a big tag team in the 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So... WWF doing good stuff in the tag teams, obviously becoming a... I'm going to say okay stuff with the tag teams, but very good wrestlers involved. And they were not focused on it uh, for the most part, but they existed. Um, we we want to go to Japan in the 80s and early 90s. There was actually some incredible stuff being done in Japan at this point. Um, I Maybe we've mentioned this, but have you seen Crockett and Furnace versus Kobashi and Kikuchi? You, you mean furnace, 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 and Lafon? Yeah, but I, I think he he called himself Crockett, right? Right. No, no. Or, I've definitely or, heard of that match. Um, I don't know if I've seen it, but I know that was um, Furnace and Lafon. I think you could also, um, well, I'll call him Furnace and Lafon because that's what they were in WWE in that mid in that okay. The Early Pan Am Express was another name. But I'm just saying the Furnace and LaFon might have aided to Vince McMahon uh, still not liking tag teams because here was one of the best tag teams over in Japan, and they were yeah. brought over here, and they absolutely flopped. Really? Maybe, yeah, they did not, you know, kind of uh, get over like they thought, or somebody from the office said, hey, these guys are unbelievable matches in Japan bring them to America, and they just did not get over whatsoever wow. in WWE. Which is crazy because they were incredibly time. talented. Um, that it's And I'm sorry, Crawfit, of course, LaFon, uh, also Pan Am Express, a few different names. Um, that Crawfit and Furnace versus Kikuchi and Kibashi was the, voted the best match of the year when it happened. And, you know, it's, also, it's uh, one of those matches that is often uh, in that, that kind of panorama of best wrestling crowds hottest wrestling crowds of all time so you had some pretty crazy stuff going on in japan um some amazing teams there were some women's teams in japan that were extremely popular but we're going to talk about women's teams actually jumping bomb angels Um, were one of my favorite things of the old wwe stuff Exactly, yeah. They're awesome. So we, we have, uh, again, uh, we'll have some women's stuff later to talk about, uh, the kind of mini history of that. But um, uh, again, in Japan, we had AJPW doing some awesome stuff. We had Terry Gordy and Dr. Death Steve Williams. We had the Funks in Japan. We had Brody and Hansen in Japan. And later on, you had stuff like the Holy Demon Army. Um, plus, of course, tons of teams I'm not mentioning. Probably some stuff in New Japan also. But really, uh, Japan back then, you know, we couldn't watch it because we weren't tape traders and stuff like that. But I'd say some of the hottest tag team wrestling um, was going on there. Um, however, we didn't mention 
the late 80s, early 90s, and NWA, right? So right. this was like American tag, what some people consider like the hottest period in American tag team wrestling. Do you remember some of the teams from back then? Probably had the the Road Warriors. Yep. Um, probably Steiner Brothers. Yeah, the Steiner Brothers, the Freebirds. The Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, Midnight Express. Midnight Express. And uh, these guys became uh, more than just pairings of, of partners. And they were showing off personalities and group maneuvers, you know, tag maneuvers that covered each other's weaknesses and promoted their strengths, which was really cool. So we're starting to get into the psychology of tag team wrestling that really advanced in this early period. You had teams that were, like you were saying, like very similar to each other. You had like, they looked the same, right? They had this, I mean, you look at the Road Warriors and it's just like, they almost look the same, but they both have their own badass thing going on, right? But they 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 were, you could never separate them um, without, I don't know how, you know, you could never separate them in a story. You could have tension between them, but they would always be tied to each other. Even if they weren't at, you know, at odds, they'd have to, if they weren't, you know, they could not be single stars. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it was one of those things almost like the Young Bucks now. And the Young Bucks can have great singles matches, don't get me wrong, but it's Absolutely. like one has to go with the other. And There's, it's like yeah. that's just how how it works. Um, you're not going to see one of these guys want to go be a single star because they don't want to. They want to tag wrestle, bro. They want to wrestle with their partner. And that's where they've seen their success. Uh, again, with the Steiner brothers, the Midnight Express. I've seen the Midnight Express uh, feud... Uh, where Polly Dangerously and Jim Cornette are all involved in that. Um, yeah, you had teams like match, yeah. You have the Fantastics back then, who were really cool. Very cheesy tag yeah. team. Uh, very cheesy. <laughs> watching them, you know what? The, around there, there was a lot of you know, especially with the WWF. Um, tag teams were kind of like a. They were always had a higher energy. Uh, you know, some of them were just like younger wrestlers too um i think yeah like we said i think vince used it as a vehicle um to to get younger guys over and see which one would get out of it and i mean there's no two bigger examples than two of the greatest of all time bret hart and Shawn michaels all started from wwf tag teams yeah yeah for sure man i i totally agree um, so a lot of crazy stuff going on, really, in the late 80s, early 90s on the tag front. Um, some really great stuff there. So from there, we're, you kind of go on to the Monday Night Wars after that. And you had some really cool stuff going on there, right? You had, who, who do you think of as tag teams in the Monday Night Wars? Slash the Outsiders. The Outsiders. Uh, the New Age Outlaws. Dudley Boys. New Age Outlaws, yep. Um, uh, the Hardy Boys, the Hardy Boys, kind of on the outer limits of the of the Attitude Era. Um, Edge you and had, Christian, though. They they were yeah, kind of towards the outer limits of that. You had Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, aka Terry Funk. Oh wow, um, I didn't know about that one. You did have the Road Warriors. Was that in ECW? No, it was in WWF. They had Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. They were in WrestleMania 14 against the New Age Outlaws in a dumpster match. 
Oh, boy. Great oh, that story. was the one where he got really kind of fucked up, huh? That was on a Raw where they threw him over. Great stuff with Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. And then they'd have, they were one and two in the Royal Rumble, and they beat the shit out of each other in 98. Um, Why definitely, was he called Chainsaw Charlie? The dude literally, Kerry Funk literally came out there with like a red Henley, uh, a, a pantyhose over his head, and had a chainsaw. <laughs> and he, he looked like kind of a Leatherface kind of deal. Hilarious stuff. And he was working backstage for WWE too? No, he was on the singles roster, which led to him... Even in the Attitude Era, being with uh, Two Cold Scorpio as a tag team for a minute. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, ninety-eight's a trip with what they do with Terry Funk. But anyways, um, wow, Attitude Era. You you had the Legion of Doom kind of come back. You had the um, the the factions that would have a tag team. So you have everything from D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry to uh, what were they called? Uh, um, Eight Ball and Skull. Who were also the Blue Bloods? What was that aren't group there? Aren't, aren't those aren't the guys from uh, DOA the Power Rangers? No, DOA. Who they? A lot of people thought, hey, is that they would look like they were twins that had shaved heads that would wear vests, so they looked like Stone Cold. Oh, um, I see. So you had DOA, you had, um, and then you just had some other random tag teams that are slipping my mind. And then you would have on the, on the other channel, you had the Outsiders, you had the Steiners. Um, Steiners, yep. I'm trying to think. Uh, Harlem Heat. Okay, yeah, there you um, go. Harlem I'm trying Heat. to think of some of the other tag teams in that era. But, um, you know, the New Age Outlaws were that one that really stood out where it took two sin- guys that weren't really good singles wrestlers and one that was literally J- uh, Jeff Jarrett's, like, hype man and made them into a, uh, you know, sometimes you t- a tag team can be two guys that really weren't cutting it as single stars and then all of a sudden they hit it big as a tag team the new age outlaws are a big example of that gosh they they were one of those things kind of like um also that was kind of like the brood where they started with kind of a dumb gimmick but i ended up breaking out of it because no you know i'm sorry i'm mixing this up this is totally wrong well you're talking of the original the I'm thinking of Bart and Billy Gunn, actually. Right, Smoking who, Guns. So Billy Gunn was Smoking kind of, Guns, yeah. yeah. Well, Billy Gunn, in a way, was a, a failed tag team guy that finally caught on with a very kind of odd matchup, but it worked so well. Because they were a yeah. tag team that really dominated that era. I know people like, you know, what name a great New Age Outlaws match. Like, it's hard to really, like, say that, but... They were the they were the they were the top tag team in that attitude era for sure. Yeah, and like you said, uh, obviously the Harlem Heat, Stevie Ray, right, and Booker Stevie T. Stevie Ray and Booker T. Yep, and there's yeah. some others too, but uh, you know the the main ones in WCW are probably the Steiners. Um, there was always those de facto tag teams that would join up for some reason. Like you'd have the Rock and Sock connection, or well, and Sto- that, that's Stone kinda, Cold and Dude Love winning the titles for a minute. And well, and that's what kind of what I wanted to to move to next was that it was like they became opportunities to maximize like the potential of two already established wrestlers. Yeah. Right. So you had the two man power trip, Triple H and Stone Cold. And um, you had other stuff, like you said, the Rock and Sock connection, right? Yeah, and, and Stone Cold and Dude Love, Stone, Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels, believe it or not, were tag team champions at one point. Wow. 
That's pretty cool. I did not know that, actually. Yeah, um, Shawn Michaels was maybe early 97. No, maybe... Ah, at some point, they were, like, the reluctant tag team champions, and then Dude Love and Stone Cold were tag team champions at one point as well. And oh, through all this, you had some really cool stuff, but, again, this is Vince McMahon running this, where tag teams were kind of mid-card stuff for the most part, right? They were mid-card stuff, or... They were something to give a main eventer when they were temporarily out of temporarily yeah. out of the the top of the card for whatever reason. Uh, I think WWF has been really famous for that. Is um, we'll stick them in a superstar tag team for a while, whether it was you know Kane and the Undertaker or you know what I mean. It was always a secondary way to get a couple more guys over, and then it would kind of put or you know maybe it was. Uh, Mankind and Kane that were tag teams for were tag team for a while too. Like they tend to the always brothers have brothers of destruction. Yeah, they'd have a super team. Uh, you know, I guess the same could be said about the Outsiders. That was two great True. superstar singles wrestlers who they threw into a tag team. And you see stuff like that uh, today sometimes in WWE when you think of like Dean Ambrose and uh, Seth Rollins becoming right. tag champions, right? Um, Absolutely. So. It's not, it's, uh, I, I know the Dusty Cup, which they do in NXT, was like a few years was won by two singles guy. I think it was a Samoa Joe and uh, Fergal, or Finn Balor who right. who won that one year. And so uh, still kind of that idea does persist there. And, uh, you know, it can be done. That's it. It's not a bad booking tactic at all, um, especially when you keep guys uh, busy. So you and, I, you and I were not TNA guys, right? No. No, okay. But they uh, came out in 2004, and they they kind of, you know, they had some, from what I've heard, some pretty cool teams at the time, and probably some guys we know about. There's America's Most Wanted, uh, which was Wildcat Chris Harris and Cowboy James Storm. There was Triple X, Christopher Daniels, Elix Skipper, and Loki. Um, there was the original yeah. L LAX, Homicide mm -hmm. and Hernandez. And now, I, now I'm confused here. What wasn't um, what are the Pride and Powerful Ortiz and? Uh, I think they're they? just Santana and Ortiz. They were LAX for a minute, but okay, I, I, they took the name. Yeah, they had LAX until they went to to AEW. But Homicide and Hernandez were the original LAX. I yeah, I don't know the lineage with that name, okay. but okay. they're they're so, not from LA, so that always weirded me out. <laughs> I know they're like from the East Coast. They're from New York, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, you had Santana and Ortiz. They're Puerto Rican, too. Yeah. So. Uh, you had Team Canada. Um, do you know who those were? Um, uh, Lance Storm and somebody else? No, it was Bobby Roode and Eric Young. Okay. Canadians, definitely. Yeah. Um, but really, besides TNA in the 2000s, man where tag team wrestling started getting a lot of respect was on the indie scene. And some of these names I'm going to mention, you know, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so n not only, you know, was it doing good, but some of these tag matches in the 2000s were really thriving. Ring of Honor, right? So mm -hmm. you had these Ring of Honor tag teams, and it's just like, my God, man. And this actually starts to fall in with PWG also sometime right. there in, in the mid to later 2000s. Um, Second City Saints, do you know who that is? Some people from Chicago. Was that 
Cole Cabana and CM Punk. Exactly. Okay. That's right. Uh, you think? When do you think they're going to come back? As a team together? Yeah. Fuck. I mean, <laughs> I don't. Never. I would. I would love to see it happen. Wouldn't that be like all we need to complete that AEW storyline with CM Punk coming back? Him and you know Colt Cabana being hand in hand and good again. Wouldn't that be nice? It'd be beautiful. But, but uh, I unfortunately think it would have happened by now, unless it's just going to be some kind of surprise they're hiding. Um, or they just know. don't like each other and it'll never happen, which is a I, huge possibility. You know, because from we're what we hear, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that they would not be affiliated with each other. I mean, how often do you see them posing together on Instagram? Let's just think of it that way. I'm sure they would have done it by now if... Uh, they were good. Know. I think they have a very professional working relationship. As long sure. as they're not forced to be in the same room or... I'm, who knows? They probably do pass each other here and there. It's like but, an ex-girlfriend, right? That you work with. You don't really talk to her, but if you Yeah, to, I bet you, you they're very professional and it's not a big deal because they just you know both choose to be professionals about everything so. yeah they're not like get the fuck out of my way but i, I would love to you. see that again wouldn't that be wonderful if cm punk's getting attacked one day and then you hear colt <laughs> cabana come out and make the save or vice versa wouldn't that be cool it would be cool although they're on totally yeah. different levels now also but yeah. uh colt cabana i've seen him live he's still he's pretty damn good actually um he has uh, he's like one of the comedy wrestlers that i actually think is actually a really good wrestler no, he is, and uh, I loved his New Japan Cup run from a few years ago. That was so much fun. Dad did some interesting stuff in DDT also, but, you know, that's, again, the he who shall not be named was involved. Um, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm sorry, I got that mixed up. But he, he actually did some good matches with uh, D, uh, Dino, Dino in, in DDT. Right. That was hilarious. Um, probably some matches that might not be very acceptable in America. Uh, <laughs> boom, boom versus bang, bang or whatever. So um, you had the Kings of Wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. That's Cesaro and um, Chris Hero. Cesaro and Chris Hero. And yeah, look awesome. at me. I haven't even watched any of their stuff, and I know this stuff just from secondhand Hell yeah, information. good job, man. You got it, you got it going down. And I'd I love to see that team come back, man. Yeah, I don't know about Chris Hero anymore, dude. He's kind of fallen off, but uh, great I, wrestling he, mind. That's what I'm saying. I hope he's involved somewhere. He needs yeah, to be behind yeah. the heat scene somewhere. Uh, yeah, for sure. Close that window here. I will say the the, you know, you're starting to get now in the 2000s. You're starting to get into these wild indie tag teams that have crazy moves and stuff. Not quite at the level of Dragon Gate, uh, PWG, Young Bucks stuff for the most part, but. I will say the giant swing into the drop kick just, just in theory, is such a violent move. You know what I mean? Like hey it's man, like straight I, from a video game. In person, uh, Chris Hero is still the most violent striker I've ever seen. Really? Oh my god, that elbow! Forget it. Like you're gonna have to watch Walter. Well, no, Walter is incredible too. Um, but Gunther. I'd never seen him in person. Um. Well, it's Walter, um, yeah. but Chris Hero, yeah. man, I, I, like I said, that was the first, one of the first indie guys when I was in my little renaissance, twenty fourteen fifteen, where I'm like, oh, that this is an indie guy that I could attach my. I really loved Chris Hero, man. Awesome. Do you know who the Age of the Fall is? This tag team. No. It was Tyler Black and Jimmy Jacobs. Okay. Okay, so, that's uh, 
That's, you know, Seth Rollins, as we know Seth him today. Seth Rollins and... And Jimmy to... Jacobs, who, who was a WWE writer until a few years ago. And he was he goes as like this zombie princess kind of deal on the indies. Um, mm. he I had think twelve year career in Ring of Honor, man, and he was yeah. five time tag team champion. And he was a writer or some type of producer for WWE for a pretty long time too. And I think it ended when That's he right. got when the Young Bucks kind of did their little raid and he got involved somehow. He got fired because of that. Yeah, he posted a photo on Instagram with the Bullet Club. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, during their invasion of Raw. Okay. Yeah. Whoops. Whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> whoops eh, I don't think he you... tried not to get fired, you know? I think he was looking to, you know. Well, now he's doing GCW stuff and uh, Cage of Death, Global War Chicago. So, uh, yeah, definitely he's... a fixture behind the scenes. Uh, he's, he'll always have some work. So there you go. There's another uh, cool tag team. And then one of the most popular and unlikely teams of this era is Kevin Steen and El Generico. Um, yeah. Who a lot of people probably didn't realize they were both basically raised in the same area. Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Time. Yeah. In the Montreal area. Yeah. Montreal area. Yeah. What What is actually Kevin Steen? What is it like? New? No, that's thinking of john cena i forgot what the actual city was i was thinking newberry but that's cena no no um, um somewhere yeah, i'll look it up it's like uh i it's at the tip of my tongue we've we've heard the announcer say it like a million times they're both but, uh you know english as a second language at least at least kevin steen oh uh, yeah both of them i've seen them both uh do pr- maryville right maryville yes yeah maryville quebec Canada, and yeah, that came off my memory. Thank you. He, he lives in Montreal still, I think. Kevin Owens. After yeah, I've heard him he both do got, awesome uh, Quebecies fr- French promos. After uh, NXT, he got called up from NXT. He uh, first thing he did was tell Triple H, "I want to move back to Canada." And he's, he's like, like yeah, I, ain't, go ahead. "I ain't living in Florida, brother." Yeah, he's like, Fuck yeah, that. They, they went right back up to Montreal. Montreal. Um, in Japan, at this time period, you had Kenta and Marafuji, right? So, Fun. incredible strikers, great tag Kenta's team. Kenta's another fantastic striker, too. Kenta, yeah, Kenta, and, and with Marafuji, with, you know, everyone sees this amazing hook kick from Osprey, right? And yes. he said, he's like, I just ripped it off from Marafuji. I stole it from Marafuji, because Marafuji was so great at it. Um, Marafuji, an awesome striker, incredible kicks, and Kento with the incredible uh, slaps and kicks as well. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you had other uh, promotions featuring awesome talent um, that were that was good stuff. So you had Chikara, right, which kind of had a, the trios thing going. Um, Mike Quackenbush headed that, and pro wrestling, pro wrestling gorilla. Which, if you're interested in that, we did a whole episode on wrestling and PWG, right? Absolutely. It's uh, kind of the father of, or grandfather of independent wrestling, uh, PWG, in its modern era of what it is today. I mean... I feel, I feel like Dragon Gate was doing it before, um, Well, that's honestly. in Japan, but I'm talking about like things like GCW um, and... I'm sure we can name a lot of others, but things like GCW were kind of PWG clones in a way. 
Yeah, except they're not as good as PWG, that's uh, No, but what I'm saying is PWG was... If you look at the the main roster of WWE now, or NXT from three or four years ago, 90% of those wrestlers went through PWG. Oh yeah, for sure. It, It is like one of those... It is like the golden indie where you gotta get your foot through the door. And once again, like... We've discussed this in in full detail, and we talked about the tag team champions yeah. and the lineage of that as well. If you guys want to hear that, go back and uh, listen to Wrestling and PWG. Um, that was a pretty popular episode. So I'm re- uh, for some reason I'm reading here tag teams such as Batman and Robin. So that was weird. <laughs> I, I don't know where that. It, it might have been a one time thing that was kind of a gimmick for a Halloween show or something. I th- yeah, I think so. Um, So that's where his article ends, so I wrote a little more. I'm going to say that one more time because, Jamie Greer, thank you for doing all that research. Um, So after that, you had a lot of different stuff going on in the world, right? So you have the rise of this amazing team in DDT, the Golden Lovers, you know, Um, which hugely influential. And they made tag team wrestling in Japan a really huge deal. their their matches and then the rivalry afterwards was really a big fucking deal and it's what got both guys these opportunities it got both guys opportunities into new japan you know you had ibushi getting an offer with wwe at one point um you know putting them both on the i can to kind of go on the side like i can i have a list of the pwg tag team champions and it's pretty incredible, this list. Man, name some of them. So the first ones were in 2004 was B-Boy and Homicide. Yep. And uh, again, we, we, did, we did mention this on that show, but you can refresh the memory. Yeah, we can skip over some, um, you know, for various reasons. But you had stuff like Scorpio Sky and Quicksilver. Um, you had El Generico and Human Tornado. Davy Richards and Super Dragon. Uh, you had uh, Ricochet. Davey, Richard, Davey Richards and Roderick Strong. Um, you have Ricochet Gen- and Matt yeah. Seidel or something like that? Uh, Mr. Wrestling, Kevin Steen, and El Generico. Uh, you had the Young Bucks, of course. Angel Fall. Age of the Fall, of course, was a tag team. Age of the team. Fall. Okay. Yeah, they're up there, too. Um, and the current champions are Malachi Black and Brody King. Yeah, the the House of House of Black. You had Brian Cage and Michael Helgen. You had uh, the, you know the Super Smash Brothers as they were known, which is basically uh, the Dark Order. The Dark Order. Well, um, one of them's not in AEW anymore, but right, right. They yeah. started the Dark Order. Um, so and then you had El Generico and Paul London as a tag mm. team in two thousand ten. Um, of course, it's the PWG website that I'm going off of, which is oh boy. outdated from seven or eight years. Um, and to be <laughs> honest with you, I would volunteer to update their website if they just gave me. I'm looking at <laughs> the banner, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, let's see, Jeff Cobb, Keith Lee, uh, Matt Jackson. I it's like all guys who are so, on one of the Seidel's, uh, Chuck Taylor, um, <laughs> what's his name? He used to, Cameron Grimes, I can't, uh, is on there, a.k.a. Trevor Lee, um, Zack Sabre Jr., Super Dragon, Matt Jackson, El Bandito, Trent, 
and I think that's Ray Phoenix. But anyway, yeah. that's on their homepage. But just just to mention a few more, we had um, Ethan Page and Joss Alexander as PWG Championships. We mm-hmm. had Lucha Brothers, um, Cobb and Riddle, and then the Rascals who went on to what what are they called in NXT? Uh, Didn't one of them get fired for doing the Hitler pose thing? Something like that. Yeah. Just a um, stupid picture that he took. I'm sure he. Yeah. Well, we've. Yeah. That's all. Wrestling and social media will be a fantastic episode too. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott lost. Wow. Scott lost. Where do I know him from? Okay. I, I'm getting mixed up with someone else. But uh, Br- Davy Richards and Super Dragons. Lots of talented people um, that have had that title, and I wouldn't be surprised if FDR has them soon. To be honest. Um. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, Golden Lovers, the PWG era. Um, in New Japan, you had the Bullet Club forming, and you had Gallows and Anderson, mm-hmm. G.O.D. Do you remember the team that uh, Suzuki had for a while? Mm, him and... Uh, no, Killer Elite that... Squad. Oh, Killer Elite Squad, yeah. yeah. Who wrestled quite a bit in NOAA also, but that was Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith. Junior, Junior, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, of course, the Young Bucks joined in... They also joined the Bullet Club, too. Started making a run in Japan. At this time, you had uh, Red Dragon in ROH, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, You had the Kingdom. So we had people that were eventually going to become big stars. um, At least one of them. Um, You had... Later on, obviously, there was FTR, known as the Revival. The you Shield. Had, <laughs> the Shield, yep. Um, what were they called? DIY, right? Yeah, the, I guess the Wyatts, to a regard, as well. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. But, uh, hey, they, they held exist. the tag team champions. The Briscoes in the past uh, ten years also. Briscoes, and I feel like they're just as good as they've ever been lately. Some crazy stuff. Briscoes um, are great, for sure. Us- the Usos in WWE still the still Usos great. are yeah they're on a they're on a great level. Street Profits. I mean, we can go on and on about the some new of the day. Teams. The new day. I mean, it took us this. What do you long think about uh, Team Hell No? I, I I like the skits they would do. I know they they, they were, were very it, when he did the No chant. Yeah, and that when they would go great. see the therapist, it was good stuff. That was really, really good stuff. So that kind of moves us on to we did a quick rundown of the history of tag team wrestling. Um, it kind of moves us on to tag team wrestling, men's tag team wrestling today. We have more mm-hmm. stuff to talk about after this. Um, we're going to move on to women's stuff and multi-man tags after this. But let's talk about today, Justin. Let's, let's, let's throw out our ratings, um, F-minus to A-plus. I name the company, and we rate the current tag team division, okay? Yeah. So, WWE. You have the Usos. You have the Street Profits. Uh, I don't even really think you have the New Day anymore. The Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders. Um, I mean... Well, they still have Kofi and... and, uh, Xavier. Xavier, yeah. Although Obviously, I mean, without it's not the same without Big E. Big E's on the shelf for a little while longer, uh, uh, of potentially his whole life, man. That's true. Um, you have you know maybe uh, American Alpha with Otis and oh, uh, Chad Gable. Yeah. 
Oh, have you um, seen the Creed Brothers? They're great. No, I have not. Oh, they're great, dude. Uh, Julius and Brutus Creed in NXT. Awesome okay. tag team. Like, I've seen them do moves that, like, you shouldn't. I saw one of them do a cannonball off the top post onto the floor. And, like, they were, like, supposedly, like, he's never going to do that move again. They told him that. Like, I want you to think about that. A cannonball. So his whole body was tucked. You know what I'm saying? Like, that can't be good for your knees and ankles, dude. No. No. Um, I mean, the Usos and Street Profits are great tag teams. And they've been putting on some killer matches. uh, Especially the Money in the Bank one was, you know, could be on the list. almost a little too much, though. It's, like, uh, a little too much between them. Um, I'm kind of done with that. Yeah, I'm just well. I think obviously, you know, we talk about superstars. I mean, I think Montez for it's only a matter of time before they spin him off. Yeah, and we are talking about the like not the booking, basically, uh, not the booking particularly, but the actual divisions. Um, you have RK Bro, who was actually oh, right, became sure. pretty cool. You know, right? I, eventually, I, a little silly, but um, well, silly can be good sometimes, but. I, I, yeah, I, I know, I didn't, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give him a B, uh, I think they have really good talent, I don't think it's the same as the others, I think the booking's not that great, uh, for the tag division, oh, the the talent is there, for sure, I mean, the Usos are as good as there is, and, uh, Street Profits are great, and RK Bro, two talented dudes, I'm just talking about, like, the presentation of making, Matt Riddle, the dopey guy with the fucking scooter. Oh, he's been getting a little more serious lately. Yeah, though. he has. But so yeah. So what do you give him? Well, I would just say that we only were able to name four or five teams. So true. Uh, I would say it's kind of quality over quantity with them right now. But yeah, you know, you're also talking to someone that doesn't really fully watch the product. So I give him a solid, a B, just because they the ones that they present are good ones. New Japan Pro Wrestling always have struggled with their tag teams for the most um, part. It's been a little bit better recently, um, but see, it's hard because there's not a lot of tag team competition taking place right now. Yeah, We're but we got the tag league. Tag league is coming up. Tag league's coming up, so that's when we'll really find out what their tag teams are all about. Because we're probably going to see some makeshift ones. Um, we got Dangerous Techers. Are they still a tag team? And they have two great individuals. And they've had some great tag team runs. G.O.D., I know that uh, Tongaloa is still injured, so I don't know if he would probably have been in the G1 if he was healthy. Um, you had you had Finley and Juice in the past. Who, and that's who actually no longer a thing. actually became a pretty strong team. Yeah, that Finn Juice was great, but um, they're no longer a thing anymore. Um, yeah, I would just kind of give them an incomplete right now. Because I don't really uh, know I what w- their tag teams look like. I would say, like, C, average. Cobb um, and O'Connor, fantastic. Cobb and O'Connor, good, yeah. Um, and let's not forget that their champions are FTR. So that's a pretty their, big yeah, deal. That's a pretty big deal, and I think World Tag League is going to shoot this up. But I just cannot give them a grade right now because I, can't, I don't know. Since everything is so split up right now because it's the G1, um, we don't know what their tag team picture is going to look like until World Tag League. The talk of the town, AEW, many people saying that they revolutionized tag team wrestling on TV. 
they have i and i guess this is kind of combined with roh right because it's the same people basically competing um in yeah a way um and i mean i just gotta give them an a because their best matches every year have almost always been tag team matches right oh yeah i mean the lucha brothers and the young bucks cage match is one of the best matches i've ever seen and was my vote for match of the year last year we yeah we both did and then before that there was omega and hangman versus the young bucks amazing match right yeah the, i mean their their tag team division might be the best book thing they do i th- i mean dude i haven't seen people freak out as much as i have but that match the young bucks and uh, uh swerve in the glory and and team taz Dude, that match was so, so good. Very I mean, good. I, I just, like, I can't say enough about how great that match is. I mean, the, just Swerve and Keith Lee as a tag team is great. Um, you've got a, a thick roster of tag teams from the top to the middle. You have the Acclaim, right? You have below that, you have the, the Pillman Jr. kind of near the bottom level. The you had Hollywood the, Blondes or whatever. Not, no, yeah, no. You, you had Jungle Boy, who was great in a tag team, and they were champions for a while. You have the Briscoes and ROH. Man, that... that FTR. Yeah, and then we, we haven't even gotten into trios yet, which they've got a whole yeah. tournament coming up. So if you get the Young Bucks and anyway. Omega... <laughs> My God, dude. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. You give them an A as well? I give them an A. Absolutely. Um, maybe an A. Maybe an A plus. You got, even yeah. got the best friends. You uh, you got... Uh, oh, yeah. The be- you, you got... You Rapungi got, uh, even... 3K. Yeah, you, Rapungi 3K. Yeah, you got... It's, you got all sorts of awesome stuff going on there. So It's by far the oh. deepest tag team division in all of wrestling i can't think of anywhere else in the world that's any deeper and you're probably gonna have one or two of those teams in the world tag league as well oh i hope so that would be really cool seeing the best friends come back to the world tag league um yeah now i'm gonna rate this one and i know that you're not able to uh but i'm gonna rate dragon gate yeah Um, i got no idea man i give dragon gate i'm gonna give them an a minus because they get an A because they have pushed these young guys at such a great level. Their tag belts have always been meaningful, whether it be their trios or their, you know, duos, tag teams, or straight up tag teams. Like those matches are always pretty great. Um, they recently had this one with junk, uh, Junkie. I was gonna call him Junkie. Uh, Jackie Funky Kami, and uh, Lee. And I mean, it was just jason lee and that it was just so good um they've got a lot of potential a lot of young guys and i mean like i said they're one of those rare companies where like tag teams really matter to them and sometimes you have your trios matches outdoing your single top single matches um so really good stuff and especially when you get into like unit versus unit matches that have like tons of rules and and, you know, you lose and the unit disbands and stuff like that. That's when you start getting, and you see some of that in Stardom too, but that's when the drama is so heavy. And I'd like to see more stuff like that in uh, AEW. You lose and the unit disbands, or you lose and you got to join these guys. I think that makes for a great story. Um, Adds a Stardom element to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they did something like that in NXT recently too, where 
God, I don't know the names of the groups. I think uh, Le the Legend of the Fant Phantasm or something. El Legato Phantasma. That uh, takes locked. a lot of commitment to the creative staff or the creative is you really got to separate them, you know? Say that again? You got to separate what? Well, what the, the, you have to commit to that. You can't just have them separate and then in two weeks later have them back together. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So it takes a creative commitment to stick true. to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because sometimes that's tough when the guys don't hate e or when the guys are supposed to kayfabe hate each other and stuff. Or they're just so. such an established tag team and then they're having to cut the line on them already, you know? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, Jurassic Express just breaks up out of nowhere, like, you know? <laughs> well, they're back together now, right? Yeah, I, know, I still, was... I, I actually do believe that Black Luchasaurus is, like, like that. I think that, like, his, his Not black mask still. means he's still evil. Yeah, I, I don't buy it either. Yeah, like, I, I there's... He's going to turn on him in the match, probably, and then uh, Jungle Boy might lose. You could do two or three matches with that, um, actually, with sure. that program. But we're or back you can have arm. Jungle Boy turn heel. No, you don't want Jungle Boy to turn heel. You need yeah. Liv Morgan to turn heel, not Jungle he, Boy. He doesn't have the uh, promo skills yet to be a heel. He's getting there, though, bro. That was a good one, but he's he, he needs a little more of a run as a babyface first. I think Jungle Boy is a lot like a WWE type guy where he needs someone to write his promo for him, you know? I could be wrong. Please, Jungle Boy, if you're listening and I'm wrong, tell me. And may, if you improv your whole promo, I am so sorry. It's but just, it's just, it's just, uh, he, he just, it's just, he just needs a little more practice. That's all. He's really young and he's going to get it. I'm not like concerned about that, but he just hasn't been, you know, on national TV speaking into a camera for a while. He was like the silent protagonist for a while, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He? he hasn't talked a lot. He has been asked to talk a lot. Wait, which was kind of his, his deal. I, I almost thought the gimmick was that like he's like Tarzan and he can't even speak English, you know? But uh, That was, clearly... I think. Yeah, it seemed, I think it was kind of implied for a while. Yeah, clearly he's not yodeling through the jungle anymore. So, um, let's do a little quick thing on women's tag team, um, which we didn't talk a ton about. Um, women tag team wrestling has its own history, and it's pretty fascinating. The WWE, in my opinion, ha you know, well, this isn't my opinion. This is, a f this is a fact for right now, but they only recently made the new tag team women's belts. And actually, there's two of them. There's NXT and WWE. And uh, before this, though... You know, you had your women's tag teams here and there, right? But but this was the different... This was before Give Divas a Chance type of thing. And this was yeah. like Lay Cool, right? Natalia was... and Beth Phoenix. Yeah, right. The I mean, I wasn't Bellas. really following around that time. Yeah, it's yeah. probably good reason. Yeah, that was probably the strictly aesthetic era for the for WWE with women's wrestling, right? Yeah, but before that, though, when you go back in the day, you had the Jumping Bomb Angels, right? This was in the eight, late 80s, right? Or mid-80s? Uh, mid to late 80s, I think. Talk about them a little bit. Um, they were just a, they were a tag team that, you know, would have these just like they were very... I would almost say they were like a Young Bucks, but Japanese in a way, where you really mm -hmm. couldn't tell them apart. Um, I mean... Nick and Matt, I know they're like five years apart, which blows me away. 
in terms of age, but yeah. they they just looked like one person in terms of their, you know, aesthetics and everything like that. So just kind of really ahead of their time in terms of not only their presentation, but their in-ring stuff. Um, and they would just be on occasional shows in the 80s in WWE. Well, they were very popular in Japan. Um, and they were both the exact same height, by the way. So hmm. <laughs> there you go with that. Both have that dark uh, Japanese dark hair um, before it was in vogue to bleach now in Japan, like everyone has like orange hair, and you know what I mean. Right, right, right. Like the brownish orange. Yeah, that brownish orange. But they were cool, and they were ahead of their time, like you said. Um, they wrestled in WWF, and you had other amazing Japanese tag teams. And Japan, uh, really ahead of its time with the tag team stuff. You had women tag teams that were huge, real huge, in fact, and. I'll get to that. Uh, some other tag teams that were good in the day. Um, again, 80s, 90s. You had Manami Toyota and Toshio Yamada. Um, you had Double Inoue. And, but the most decorated women's tag team, have you heard of the Crush Gals? Mm, is that uh, Bull Nakano and somebody? Uh, it's Chiguso Nagayo and Lioness Asuka. Um, Lioness Asuka's hmm. great. They're both great. And... I, want, I just don't know if you knew this, but these guys, these girls, excuse me, uh, they were doing, like, massive 12.0 TV ratings consistently. Wow. And I, I had read, doing my research, that their popularity was actually akin to, like, Hulk Hogan in USA. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, and the cool thing about the Crush Gals is, I guess back then, they had a huge female fan base. Which you don't really see much in wrestling, but back then the crowds would be all these young girls like looking up to the crush gals and screaming, and you know the crowds would be ear deaf, like deafening because of the high pitched screams from the girls. It's like a rock um, and roll express. Yeah, or 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 when you get into uh, Texas, right, and you have the Von, Von Erichs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of uh, the ta- Japanese teams, those women uh, competed for WWWA. Um, which was kind of the big title back then. Since then, you've had a lot of more indie Japanese women's promotions. Um, obviously, we've done wrestling and stardom, and we talked about the whole belt lineage there with the tag team belts. And I can't even remember what they're called. If they're art, would remember the titles are weird. It's like artist yeah. of, you know, something. artist the speed something. There was the high speed, the artist, high speed. which I think was the the three the the the, the trios belt. But you had. Um, Stardom and TJPW having their own tag team divisions with a lot of great stuff. And WWE, over the past years, um, I feel like they've really struggled with their women's tag team division, right? You And you've even had a lot of issues. You had, God, you had, you remember them giving the belts to the Iconics and then Bailey and Sasha backstage that were supposedly crying. You remember that story? Well, I know that Sasha and Bailey were really proud of being the first champions when they brought that title back. Yeah. So they were they were somewhat protective of that, um, and, and they gave it to the Iconics at WrestleMania. Yeah, who were a very entertaining duo, but maybe not what you would call in ring, you know, aficionados. I guess, but you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe not the biggest stars, even though I do. I did find them entertaining as well. Oh, they're, they're, they're like fantastic. they're one of those they're groups where I'm hilarious. just like, how are they not still in WWE? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Very entertaining. Um, but, I mean, then since then, we've had real questionable booking with women's tag team, leading to recently to Sasha and Naomi. So they've, well, they vacated, and they're supposed to be back at some point, right? I've heard is it might anyone, be on Monday. Is it, is, are the titles vacated technically right now? Yeah, and another interesting thing, uh, they're having a tournament for the titles, right? Mm-hmm. That was not being planned when Vince was there, but Vince left, and now they're having a tournament for them. Good. I mean, it obviously it was something he was going to put on the back burner or eliminate, I bet. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, taking them more seriously, setting up angles there. Um, so we'll see. We we've got a, a WWE's in a state of flux right now, and we'll talk more about that. But, um, you know, women's AEW tag team, women's division in AEW, um, has always kind of, kind of lagged behind. But they have some really great women in there. Have they um, have they announced titles? They have not. They have not, and there is no I mean, team division for the women. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, AEW's women's division has been one of the most inconsistently booked things they have going. It's It was a struggle the first couple years with their women's division. It's gotten better recently, but it's still not it's, great. It's still tough, yeah. I mean, when you see, I remember I was watching TV, and you seen Jade Cargill, right? And she had yeah. a championship, and I was like, okay, she looks like a badass. Then all of a sudden, Mercedes Martinez comes out with an even bigger belt. And I'm like, wait a second. The, the, the t- this title doesn't seem that important. J- uh, Mercedes Martinez has a way bigger title than her, and it's all gold. What is her <laughs> title? The ROH women's title. Oh, right. Well, then you Very have... confusing. Thunder Rosa's on a pretty good run, but then you do have a lot of... I think a tag title might help that division because you have Ember Moon. That is she even doing anything right now? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of who she's with. Uh, uh, Hikaru Shida is, you know, and you know, there's a lot of. Uh, you can put Shida and Riho together. You've yeah. got you've got uh, quite a few women stables. You got the the ba- baddies, or is that a WWE thing? <laughs> you have uh, uh, Reba, Reba and Jamie Hader with. Uh, DMD. Yep, Britt Baker. I, there's um, a lot of uh, women in their division with nothing to do that could probably benefit from being, you know, because to me it's like if you're going to have women's tag teams, you need a title. Yeah. They, the, I guess otherwise, the argument, why are they out there, you know? Yeah, the argument is that they have too many matches already or too many belts already. And sometimes, right. just like in New Japan, they do the preview tags, um, which... They've had some good ones. I, I believe recently on Dynamite, I heard that that women's tag match was actually pretty great. I didn't see it, um, but I heard it was really good. You you, you have, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. And it was Thunder Rosa, and uh, uh, it's like, that's on the tip of my tongue, but she's from the Gold Coast, Australia, and I should know her name. Um, anyways... She's very popular wrestler. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this happens all the time on the show. We're talking about someone. Tony Storm. Been, yeah, Tony Storm. We're talking about someone we've known for our whole life for years and years, and we talk about all these different wrestlers, and it's like that one wrestler. It's like, what's the name of that guy? Oh, yeah, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. So Well, happened. I just think that the women's division should have everything the men's divisions have. Tag titles, a secondary singles title, and a championship. I mean, I think part of it, too, with WWE is their roster is, is is thinner than it used to be. 
um, with all those cuts they've had over the last five or six years, there's way thinner of a women's division, way less tag teams, and way, you know what I mean? There's just less now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that sentiment of there must be equality on both sides. I don't well, think I'm just a... saying, like, those tag titles would help would benefit the women's division AEW. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they would be a bad thing. I think they, th- that could work. And it gives you another championship match to put on your Battle of the Belts or your pay-per-view. But the question is, can they make that into a quality division that has good matches? And you know AEW is all about great matches so i think uh, maybe, the talent's there and you can definitely have them main event a rampage or two a month well maybe if tony's listening to this he'll uh and they do start a division then we will claim that it was our idea right absolutely great um the last topic here something we haven't talked about but it's been on the front of our minds everyone's question why didn't you talk about that it's multi-man tags and we're not um, going to talk about it, so fuck you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to get into crazy gimmick matches. We don't need to talk about tornado matches and stuff like that. Although, you do have the Lucha Brothers versus Rushin Andrade in a tornado match, which sounds absolutely incredible, um, coming up pretty soon. So these uh, multi-man tags, it's, sometimes they're meant as like a house show preview match, right? Especially we see that in the G1. Um yeah, but trios some, matches are traditionally filler, right? I mean, to get somebody on the card. Yeah, yeah, to get somebody on the card, yeah, in general. And they do it all the time in WWE, too. They'll have, like, oh, the the champion and then his lackey and another guy versus, you know, the challenger and his lackey and another and guy. And it, it, it's done for a mileage thing, too. It's to give guys a suedo night off and work a little bit less if they got two other guys on their you side. You have always said suedo on the word pseudo. I've never under... I, um, I know that's I a whole different I say a lot subject, of words wrong. Don't even get me started. Suedo. It's like yeah. you, you, you read it when you were a kid and just stuck with what it was in your head. But, uh, I, no... I'm a, I'm a not an intelligent person. No, it has nothing to do with intelligence, bro. It's just... I've, I say words funny as well. Um, so, suedo. I just think that's what... It reminds me of, like, uh, the leather. You know, suede. If you're, if you're just going to make fun of me, I'm going to leave. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm sad. And I hate how you... No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, you have those preview type of multi-mans in the G1. But some multi-man matches have become pretty legendary in their own right. Dragon Gate, I talked about this before. They have the intense multi-man matches with the... Loser leave town, loser disbands type of stuff. We the, the Dragon Gate spot, and I know you've seen this spot in wrestling, is where they throw one guy in the corner and then like all five wrestlers run at a train and hit the dude. You know that spot? Yeah. This Definitely is like the PWG thing too. Okay, yeah. Th- that Anytime is like... you can't see the ring because there's too many guys standing on the outside, it get, it's a little <laughs> bit of an impit, uh, you know, it's a little hard to take it seriously when they have those five on five matches and stuff i could kind of see that it's almost a little easier on uh tv it Um, looks like a lumberjack match but everyone's standing on the curtain you know up on the ring you know yeah yeah uh i wrote here that pwg is known for its intense and heavy uh action heavy ridiculous multi-man tags often with a lot of comedy aspects thrown in there too they're they're fantastic there was one match that uh Dave Meltzer loved. I can't remember if it was some. It might have been like 
few years ago. It was the Young Bucks, Matt Seidel, and, and Ricochet, and Ricochet. then another team, and yeah. two other guys. The High Flyer Festival. And, of course, they just did all the craziest possible spots in yeah. the world. Um, yeah. Uh, besides Dragon Gate, though, you have All Japan. And for me, All Japan has the best multi-man tags I've ever seen in my life. The first All Japan match I've ever seen was Misawa Kawada Kobashi versus Taoi Tsuruta and Fuchi. One of the best matches I've ever seen. Those guys really, really, they took the multi-man tag thing real serious. I mean, these multi-man weren't previews. They were main events where they would go 40 minutes, you know what I'm saying? And, like, hot mm. crowds, incredible. Just, they kept going. They they would hit that next gear, and then it's like, oh, they're they still going. Oh, they're still kicking out. Um, and then, you know, in a lot of Mexican promotions, in Chikara, New Japan, Dragon Gate... And now in AEW, you've got trios titles, right? Um, so yeah, there's gonna be a tournament for that coming up. Problem is, uh, in a lot of these companies, New Japan treats the trios titles kind of shitty. They do. I mean, Yoshihashi cried when he won it, didn't he? Uh, Yoshihashi should be crying every time he wins. Although he's been great in this tournament, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, it's kind of a useless title in New Japan, to be honest. It does, and it doesn't have to be, but it is. Uh, you know, they could definitely main event that thing at these Road 2 shows a little bit more or put them at a... They just don't defend them enough. Yeah. I, I think there's plenty of combinations of guys that can go after those things and make them legit, but they just don't... Like, when Chaos had it during that time where they were carrying it for a while, they were rarely defending it. So, who is it? The House of Torture now? That's the thing. Like, we, we don't even remember most of the time. Yeah. Probably House they of Torture. Yeah, they should be defending that. Or whoever has it now should be defending it on the G1 final night, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's weird how they've treated that. Um, with AEW, what they've done with Tag, uh, I think they're going to take the trios thing pretty seriously, too. It's not going to be quite as... At the level of the tag teams, but I think that it's going to be a pretty important uh, match that'll result in some ridiculous, fun PWG-style stuff. Yeah, um, and I think it, it'll launch uh, some singles angles uh, for the you know the next year or so, too. And if it's Kenny Omega's comeback, too, that'll be a huge launching point for the division, right? And that's, um, a, that's a good way to ease them back in on in a six-man tags, right? Yeah, it's we're not really sure what's going on though, because uh, obviously Hangman came out and saved the Young Bucks on their face turn right. this week. Right. Right. So yeah, and, we'll see what happens with that. So um, and then you had like Chikara, they had trios tournaments going on, the King of the Trios for a while. They had like a Japanese team, you know. They had all sorts of different people in there, and so uh, we'll see how it goes for AEW um, with the trios thing. Um, it's pretty exciting. Looking forward. Tag team wrestling at this point is very exciting. Um, FTR is becoming the the Ultimo Dragons of their day. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. And there's a landscape now where they're able to jump from place to place and do this stuff. Pretty cool. Real cool stuff. So that's what we got on tag team wrestling. Um, The full history, some of the different facets of tag team wrestling. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for tonight. Justin, do you have anything else to say? What's your Instagram, Justin? 
I'm at in ring art everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, even on TikTok, and I'm on the TikTok now, and uh, yeah, you know it's weird. Like the first video I posted, I got eighteen thousand views. How many likes was, though? Um, let me check. TikTok is pretty great at pushing videos to people, dude. It gives a lot of... And Instagram is trying to become TikTok now, which we'll talk about off the air, but they don't want... you know, they're 94. Gonna... Okay, that's good, no, man. 94 likes, 18 comments. It was just my Eddie Guerrero from October 2020 against one I did recently. And I got a lot of comments, and that was like the first one I posted... And 18,500, but everything else hasn't come even close to that. But, you know, there's no, no rhyme or formula to it. It's just, you know, you do it for yourself and entertain yourself. And, and if something good if, comes, then all the better. Exactly. Just don't put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So we're on TikTok. At um, John Ensman is me. Um, we are at Wrestling and Pod on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can find us there, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Tell us what we got wrong. Tell us what we got right and what you liked. Definitely. And uh, besides that, we are going to get out of here. So without further ado, Justin, thank you for doing the show with me, my friend. Thank you. And we will see you guys later. Later.